Hello and what's this week's Sport Zone on Salford City Radio. I'm Rob Paxson and we're here talking all things sport in Salford. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside from The Devil Detail. Paul, looking forward to talking all things sport in Salford to be on this week. Yeah, certainly am, Rob. Yeah, looking forward to the show. And uh, yeah, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about, haven't we? It was uh, quite a weekend in, the, in, in sport for us, wasn't it? So yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, loads to go out. What we'll do, we'll start with the football and we'll start with Salford City FC. They were victorious on the first uh, league game of the season. It's always good, Paul, isn't it? Uh, the, the smell of, of the turf and, uh, you know, the clean stands as we all get back into the football season. Yeah, certainly is a good result as well. And there was some, you know, we keep mentioning it's a tough league that, that Salford are going to be in, and you know, Stockport County, I think, were the were the favourite surprisingly it's six to one. I was looking at the odds the other day, and they they were well beaten on the opening day. So Salford have got off to the perfect possible start, which is what you want: three points early doors on the board. And uh, yeah, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? Really, got a decent crowd as well at Moor Lane for the for the opener of the season. And, and yeah, they're off. They're off to a winning start. You know, sometimes you want to get that monkey off your back early and get that win, don't you? So, uh, and they've got it. They've done it. So, uh, so they've got to build on that now. But yeah, terrific start to the season. Yeah, obviously, you know, Salford looking for a good start, and with that two-nil win at home to Mansfield, that's the kind of uh, you know start that you know the hierarchy at Salford and Neil Wood, the coach and the players would have been looking for. Yeah, certainly. You know, you've won a match and you, you've kept the other team out. You kept a clean sheet, and um, that's exactly what they would have wanted. You know, that's going to build confidence now. And for what is a long card season, there's 45 games left, isn't there? So nothing is won in the first sort of 10 games. I don't even think you can start looking at a league table until, until Christmas, really, can you? So, but you're better off being at the top of it than at the bottom of it because you don't want to be chasing, do you? So, uh, so yeah, perfect start to the season. That's going to build confidence. There's new players there to to settle in as well. So, uh, so yeah, getting three points on the on the board early doors is uh, is just what they what they wanted and uh, and yeah a great start to what is going to be a real marathon season yeah i suppose looking at the table this early in the in the in the season so for the currently fifth in the playoffs but they've only played one game and everyone else has only played one game so really you, the, the league's kind of split it'll split into teams that won teams that lost and teams that drew so league table at the moment doesn't really make much of a difference no, not at all. Well, I can remember years ago, they didn't usually print a, a league table until you use about four games in anyway. Nobody used to look at it. It's only sort of last few years, I think, where they've, where they've done one, you know, match of the day you've seen, whatever you But No, I, I don't certainly look at it. I think what you do look at is the points tally of how many they've got, and they've got three. So that's, that's a good start. So, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to look at that in the early days of the season. You're still finding your feet, aren't you? And, you know, Mansfield are um, you're not a bad side, are they? So they'll be hoping to get towards the playoffs. So, you know, results. You've got to be you've got to be consistent in a forty six league season, and that's what it's all about. I think winning your home matches and then, you know, seeing what they can do away from. Home. They want to make more lane a fortress, won't they, and win games at home. Whereas last season they were quite unpredictable at times. Salford City weren't they? So uh, so that that's a it's a perfect start, perfect start to the season. Tough games to come, but uh, but yeah, you can't ask for more than that. Getting an, an opening day win. Yeah, Callan Hendry. Uh, owned his account for Salford City FC. Uh, debutant on Sunday. Skipped through the defence, slipped the, slipped the ball past the advancing Mansfield goalkeeper and a great start for him. Obviously at Salford, the pressure is there if he's going to be the one leading the line. Yeah, it certainly is, and it's great to get a goal in your first game. You know, sometimes goal scorers, it you know, if they don't score and 
you know, first couple of games, you you start to get anxious, don't you? And uh, you know, you start feeling the pressure, don't you? The more games that go by, so great to get his his account open do that. I presume they're going to be in cup action, aren't they? This week is it is it the league cup, the, mm. the league cup, or the uh, the other, the shield cup that they play for? I think it's league cup, isn't it? In the door, so uh, yeah, it, the, the games come quick, uh, thick and fast, don't they? So you know, so they've got a decent squad there, though, haven't they? A decent sized squad, so they better manage that. And uh, you know, it is though it's a lot of matches. I think someone was telling me the other day about. How many games Liverpool played last season? I think that was about sixty odd. But when you look at the football league, they, they play a lot more games, don't they? So a lot of league games, anyway. So it's going to be a tough test for them. Yeah, Thomas Asante uh, scored the second goal for Salford City, and obviously, you know, playing some attractive football. Uh, we spoke, well, the press spoke to, to Neil Wood after the game in this week. I'd say talk about ideal starts and the way that you want to start to the season. Home win and uh, two nil. You take that on the plate, won't you, beforehand? Yeah, of course. Um, I think it helps. You know, we uh, we started the game really well, which we've probably not done so much in pre-season. We've had some slow starts in the last one or two games, so. To come out really fast, to come out really positive, um, I thought the first goal was a really good goal, really good finish from Callum, and then the second goal from Brandon was, a, was an excellent finish, nice through ball from Connor, and it put us into a really good place in the game, so yeah, really pleasing, a good start, um, nice to get three points on the opening game. How important was um, Callum's goal, you know, five minutes on the clock was it, and straight on the front foot and ahead? Well, we wanted to start on the front foot and, you know, out of possession we knew Brandon and, and Callum had a really important role to kind of set that tone for the team that we wanted them to do. So, a lot of work out of possession, which was I thought we did really well. We were really disciplined in our in our roles and, yeah, you know, with them two up front, you've got you've got a threat, a constant threat, you know, one chance, you're probably scoring one goal. Good for Brandon to get on the score sheet early on as well. Yeah, he worked so hard, you know, and it'll be good for his confidence. I thought it was an excellent finish, you know, he was still one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. He had, a lot of, he had a lot of work to do, so good contact, good finish. Um, and, yeah, he, he started the game really well, and I thought he finished the game very strong as well. Second half, a lot more managed. Um, you know, Tom, that part with a couple of important saves. Yeah. Defensively, really difficult to break down. Were you pleased with that aspect too? Yeah, we knew, you know, second half, they're a good team, Mansfield. So we knew there was going to be periods in the game where... They were going to be on top. We knew there were periods where they were going to be putting balls into the box, and you know we knew we had to defend really strongly to, to stop that. So you know we rode our luck a little bit. We had some chances ourselves in the second half, which we probably could have finished the game off with. Um, but yeah, I think defensively we looked really solid, really organised, and it's nice to come away without conceding a goal. And supporters get to go get home, go home happy too. So really nice bonus. Obviously, you know, we, we wanted to put on a performance, probably, I've said to the to players inside, you know, I think we could have controlled the second half a bit better, if I'm going to be really picky on it. Um, but yeah, I think important to get a three win, um, important for the supporters to, to go away happy and, and, you know, it was a great turnout today, which uh, the players appreciate and, and the staff do as well. So that was Neil Wood talking to the press after the game, Paul, and he was happy uh, with, with the way that Salford settled into that first game and won. Yeah, I'm sure he's delighted. Uh, you know, he's probably got a bit of pressure on him as well. You know, we've said it before, Salford City's been like a revolving door, hasn't it, the last few years with managers coming and going. So, you know, he will naturally feel the pressure, won't he? So, you know, to get that result early doors, get that victory, he's got to be more than happy with that. They've had a decent pre-season as well, haven't they? And knocked some teams off in pre-season and, and, and built a bit of confidence now. So, yeah, I'm sure they're looking forward to, you know, to the next game. It can't come soon enough for them when you're winning matches. So, yeah, they'll be excited. 
yeah, he talked about how positive they were in, in attack and good, solid defence. And solid defending and good attacking is a great, great formula for any uh, football team. Yeah, of course it is, Rob. Of course it is. And uh, but the more clean sheets they can keep, the better. And they're going to pride themselves on that defence, aren't they? But I think they're going to score goals where they've got players in the squad to score goals. And that's what you're going to need if you're going to be up there at that, that top end of the table. I mentioned before, you know, Stockport one of the big favourites and, and they were beaten on the opening day, well beaten as well. I think they scored a couple of late goals. And they almost got themselves back into the game. But, you know, Salford have started solid. That's a good, solid start, that. A 2-0 victory. And, uh, yeah, they'll be delighted with that. Yeah, Swindon away the next next game. Um, obviously, this early in the season, you just want to make sure that you pick up the wins if you want to be challenging for a playoff slash promotion spot come the end. Yeah, tough place. Tough place to go down to Swindon. So that'll be another test for them. But I'm, I'm sure it's a test they can pass. And, uh, and yeah, it is about getting that... Getting that momentum now and building it, you know, you want to go into the first half a dozen games and, and knock some wins off, don't you? And really set a marker down and get yourself up there to the, you know, to the top end of the table. And you, you, what you don't want is to get to Christmas and be sort of edge of the playoffs, and you're then relying on other scores and things like that. They need to, you know, set the benchmark. Solver now they're one of the favourites to to get promoted. They've got to stay up there and, and be around the chasing pack. So good start, and I'm sure they're going to build it in the next few weeks. Yeah, they've been busy in the transfer market. They signed Richard Narty, uh, ex-Burnley defender, on a one-year deal. 23. Uh, he's looking for an opportunity at Salford. And, you know, Salford are the team. Um, yeah, definitely. And he's come from Burnley. He's come from a good a good side there. They've, uh, you know, been up the leagues last few seasons, haven't they? played in the in the Premier League. He's been on a good a good system there as well. So, they're a good club. So, I'm sure he'll be very, very professional and, and, and bring... Uh, you know, bring some uh, some some good ideas and you know good processes and be a good person to bring into Salford and uh, you know hopefully his positivity will rub off on the rest of the players there and that experience he's gained playing at a higher level will be invaluable playing in uh, in League Two this season. Yep. Let's talk about Manchester City now. They were in Charity Shield action um, against Liverpool. They lost three one. It was being played at Leicester's ground uh, because Wembley was being hosting the uh, European Championship final between England and Germany, which we'll come on to in a bit. Uh, but defeated three-one, Paul. Um, obviously, Pep Guardiola uh, wants his sort of winning mentality to start from the off, but didn't quite happen against Liverpool. No, no, Manchester City got a you know, funny record against Liverpool, haven't they? Which has been there for for a long time. They do seem to be a bit of a bogey side for City, and uh, you know it was quite a tight game that from from what I saw. And you know Liverpool run away with it in the end, didn't they? And uh, you know late goal might have been able to. I think City are off the pace a bit, really. I think Liverpool did a, did a bit of a number on them there, and, and tactically, Jurgen Klopp seemed to get things right and, and get one over uh, Pep Guardiola. So, yeah, no, nothing's won at this time of the season. I know Liverpool were, were celebrating; they have a right to. They, they've won, won the trophy, but you know Manchester City, it's a setback for them. But I don't think it's one that's going to overly concern them. Yeah, they'll be disappointed because you want to win every game as a professional. But you know, if you can learn from that and learn from your mistakes and and put those mistakes right now in, in the bigger matches and, and going forward in the Premier League and the other competitions we've got, I'm sure they'll be uh, delighted with that. They've got some new signings, haven't they? That need to settle in. You know, Haaland as well. He, he's one of those a big a big name sign. He's got to find his feet yet. So I don't think they'll be too concerned. But but no, I think they were uh, with it were second best really. I think Liverpool deserved the result. Obviously. 
Charity Shield is kind of a really glorified friendly. Can we look deeper into this? Obviously, it's a long season ahead. Uh, both teams have, have signed new players and they've got to bed them in. So can we look at this this result as a as like a, a watershed moment, do you think? No, I don't think so. I think if you ask me who won the Charity Shield last season, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you. Or if you who won it five years ago, I don't think anybody really remembers that, do they? I'm not you know, taking anything away from Liverpool, but it's, um, yeah, without, without being disrespectful, it probably is a bit of a glorified friendly game. It's a way of kicking the season off. And yeah, obviously you've got the, the two top sides from last season playing against each other, but I don't think that intensity would be there that would, you would have in, like a, in a Premier League match or an FA Cup match or a, or a European match, would it, between the two sides? So, um I'm not saying the players don't care, right? But it's it's probably a different intensity. So I think Manchester City will be disappointed they've lost the game. You're disappointed you've not won the trophy. But I think the bigger picture they'll be looking at, you know, putting things right that they got wrong at the weekend. And that'll probably concern them, you know, the, the way they've lost the game. Because you look now, elite level sort of teams in England, the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City, they don't lose that many matches, do they? So when they do, you tend to have a bit of an inquest into why they've lost. And I'm sure Pep Guardiola is that sort of manager, isn't he? You know, he doesn't like losing, same as Jurgen Klopp, because they don't lose very often. So when that happens, they'll they'll want to put that right. It was a mixed afternoon for both teams' star new signings. Uh, we'll start with Haaland. Um, he obviously playing for Man City. His team lose three one. He misses a sitter from about six yards right. It's a crossbar and goes over. Um, people expecting lots from Alfie and Haaland. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a it will it will you think it'll rest on his mind that? Um, he's one of those, isn't it? Mentioned it before when we're talking about the lad at Salford. He opened his account, and you know it's probably a different pressure playing at Salford. It is at Manchester City. You know when a new a new player comes in like that for for a lot of money, a lot is on his shoulders. You know to to get that that first goal and. We've had it before where players have come and it's took them a few weeks, maybe a month or so to get that goal. And the pressure builds every week, doesn't it? So there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Those young shoulders as well. And, you know, he's never played in the, in the Premier League before. It's a it's a tough league to play in, isn't it? And, um, you know, some good sides in there. And a lot of people say it's the best league in the world. It's the fastest league in the world. And, this, and there. it does take a bit of a time to, you know, get to, to grips with it. And, you know, he's coming to a new side as well. So, so yeah, he'll feel a bit of pressure. Um, but you know he's got to learn from his mistake there you know he missed a sitter character building now you've got to come back and, and perform the week after yeah and uh, Nunes uh, Liverpool's uh, striker came on after an hour set up a goal and then scored one himself in injury time so he's hit the, the ground Murray yeah he certainly has yeah tailored to uh, two signings there really so he has hit the ground running. Liverpool looked pretty sharp as well, didn't they? I mean, if you look, we, we talk about friendly games and what have you. Manchester United played Liverpool in a pre-season friendly and absolutely thumped them, didn't they? So it just shows you, you can't really you can't really judge much off, off, off pre-season games and, and it's this early in the season. A lot can happen, a lot can change. So, so yeah, good good result for Liverpool. But Jurgen Klopp, he's a very, very experienced manager and I don't think he's going to start sort of hanging flags out of his window because Liverpool's won the charity shield. I think he knows there's a there's a massive season ahead of them, an awful lot of matches to be played, or, or, you know, a lot of work to do with his squad, you know, keeping people fit, rotating his squad and getting the best out of his players. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's the start of the, of the story, really. Yeah, Premier League season starts next week. Uh, Man City are away at West Ham, their first game. Tough place to go, West Ham, especially first game of the season. Uh, the Am- the Amers will be looking to start the season well. Well, they'll be fired up, won't they, Rob? I mean, David Moyes done a good job there at West Ham last season. They 
they did really well, didn't they? I think they, they tailed off towards the end of the season, but uh, they, they're a tough side to beat at home, aren't they? They made a stern stuff. They're a good defensive side as well. So that's a, that's a difficult game for Manchester City, a difficult start to the season for them. You would expect them to go there and get a result, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all. No. Let's talk about Man United. They had two um, friendlies this weekend. They were away at Atletico Madrid and lost 1-0. Uh, and then they were at home to Rayo Valencico uh, and drew 1-1. So, obviously, Man United's squad's quite large. Uh, the Atletico Madrid game was mostly kind of first-team squad members. And the uh, Rayo Valencico uh, one was more sort of reserved slash a bit of sprinkling of, of first teamers. So, what can you take from them two results, do you reckon? Um, yeah, like I said before, it's about managing your squad. I was listening uh, the other day when they were talking about the City and Liverpool game. You say Liverpool were playing the day after they had a game, the day after Anfield. But these clubs, you know, elite clubs like Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United, they have got big squads, haven't they? And, and can sort of manage those squads and play couple of games over the weekend currently so I think we've seen enough uh, you know so far that Manchester United are making improvements I think the mentality is uh, is getting better as well at the club and um, I'm excited to see what they can do this season I think they're going to be uh, going to be better than they were last year so yeah, a bit of a mixed bag of results over the weekend but I think they're, they're still working out what their best side is and you know new players coming in as well to the to the system so um, so yeah things are looking positive for them though I think they might upset a few teams this season and could have a really good year. Yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo played at Old Trafford. Uh, obviously, a off-season of um, questioning whether he wanted to still be at the club. So, having um, sort of showdown talks with the club may have been uh, ended positively and now he's uh, ready to play uh, football at Ball Manchester United this season. Well, I think Manchester United will, will be hoping that, you, you know, you've got a, a quality player in Ronaldo there. You, you want to make sure he's... He's happy, or else there's no point in him being there, is there? Um, at this stage of his career now, so um, I think he owes Manchester United a bit there. I think they, they took a bit of a plunge on him bringing him back, and he's made a good living out of Manchester United. So I think he owes a bit of loyalty to them to to perform this season. He's under contract as well, so uh, I think for the if if I was Manchester United manager, I'd be sat down with him saying, if you want to stay at the club, you stay. If you don't. If you don't want to be, it's time to go. I don't think they want people like that in the club now that aren't going to give 100% because it, they've had that past few years and it's not got them anywhere. That that mentality and that togetherness needs to be right now. So if they've got players there that are a bit iffy about being there, it's pointless in being there. So uh, so yeah, if he sat down with with the with the hierarchy and, and sort of um, iron things out with them, then that's a good thing for Manchester United because he's a quality player. Yeah, so... Uh... First game of the season for Manchester United is Brighton Hove Albion at home. Uh, Brighton always a tough competitor, kind of the team that Man United usually struggle against. So it will be an early test um, for Manchester United's players and new coaches help. Yeah, well, am I right in saying Brighton thumped United 4-0 towards the back end of last they season? They hmm. did, didn't they? So, um, you know, if I was a Manchester United player who played in that game, I'd, I'd, that'd still stick in my mind a bit. And I'd, I'd be thinking, we, we want to get a bit of revenge here, don't we? So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're a tough side, aren't they? They're a team that's come up to the Premiership and probably punched above the weight, really, compared to, you know, the, the amount of money they've got to spend on players, you know, with their... Um, you know, sort of stadium. They don't get like sixty thousand every week. They, they they do well, don't they, for uh, for what they've got? So tough side to beat. Play a good brand of football. 
And um, yeah, it'll be a difficult game in Manchester United, but I think they've got the tools there to, to get the job done and get three points. And there'll be an expecting crowd at Old Trafford, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I know they've had a couple of sort of poor seasons really now, and probably no one's expecting them to go and win the Premiership, but they're expected to win games at home, aren't they? I think there'll be an expectant crowd there at the weekend. Yeah, first Premier League uh, fixtures of the season. Uh, Paul, who, who, who do you think is going to stand out this season? Who are you going to predict that's going to be the, uh, the, the, the the team that's going to shock everyone? A shock team? Um, it's a difficult one, that, to be honest with you. I mean, we said before to me about... Um, you know, I think Liverpool and Manchester City are the, the sides at the top, aren't they? You've also got Chelsea to knock on the door. I think Arsenal, you know, are they going to have a better side to... Uh, Season this time, they, they could be a side there. You, mm-hmm. you look at some of the other teams like Leeds United, I don't know. I think they might struggle again. You know, a side that's impressed me last few years has been Wolves and, and sort of West Ham. They, mm-hmm. West Ham last season did really well. Can they raise the bar again and, and go again this season? I don't know. Wolves are always a difficult side to beat. Uh, who else do I think? I'm not so sure. Really. I've not really paid a lot of attention to the Premiership, to be honest. You know, my, my passion's at the Rugby League, but. Mm-hmm. Um, who can I go for? I'd like to see Everton have a better season than what yeah. they did last year. I think they've been, uh, been pretty poor by their standards and probably lucky to stay up. So, yeah, could could they be a bit of a dark horse, you know, to knock on the door for Europe? We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, obviously, Bournemouth, Fulham and Notts Forest coming up from uh, yeah. the, the Championship. It's, you know, looking at them three teams, they're going to have to really up their game if they are to stay in the the Premier League. I know Jesse Lingard's the ex-Man United midfielder signed for Nottingham Forest, so he'll add that little bit of quality to the Forest ranks, but... I suppose for them three teams, it's all about working as hard as you can uh, and hopefully the ball will sort of break your way. You'll get a bit of luck and if you can get over sort of 20, 30 points, it gives you a chance of staying in the Premier League. Yeah, he's spot on. I think a team I should have mentioned there is probably Newcastle United. They're probably a side I've, I've, I've followed a bit, you know, in the press because they've they've made some some interesting signings and they had a good finish towards the back end of last season, didn't they? So they could be the, the team this time. They, they've got a bit of money there now. They've they sort of sorted the ownership thing out, so they, they could be a bit of a dark horse. But as you say, they're Nottingham Forest. I think that the teams that have come up, the likes of Forest and Fulham, I think what they'll be looking at is trying to get as many points as they can early doors. I think. If you can get you know a few wins on the board before Christmas, you're not chasing it then are you on the back end of the season. And you know, for me, promoted sides that normally come up, if they can get a good start and get a few wins in the the early few months, then uh, they can they can do well. But it's going to be tough for them to survive, isn't it? But you know, Forest it's a tough place to go to City Ground, isn't it? All the her- heritage and history they've got there. I hope they do well. They, they seem a good club and they've been out in the top flight for a long time. So nice to see them back in it, and let's hope they can do well. It will be interesting, like you said, Newcastle's been on a bit of a journey, haven't they, with the new uh, owners and, and the fan unrest before the new owners come in. So I think Newcastle are a big team. They're a big club. They're one city club. It's like a religion up there, isn't it? So to, to give them an opportunity to compete at the top of the Premier League, they'll be selling out week in, week out. To be fair, they're selling out now week in, week yeah. out. And the team wasn't particularly great. So to, to get an opportunity to play in the Champions League, like the, the, the glory days, well, the glory days of Kevin Keegan and and his uh, you know team of, of the sort of mid-90s that run Man United so close uh, be interesting to see what happens there if, if the money does bring success because obviously Man City it did but it did take a while yeah, well, I was up there a few weeks ago for Salford's game at the Magic Weekend, and and you're right, it's a, it's a ground that's like slap bang in the in the city centre, 
Um, it's a real sort of, um, yeah, like you say, a one one team city, isn't it? Newcastle, it's quite a long way. When you drive up there, Newcastle's on a limb, really. It's quite a long way from anywhere. We've got Sunderland nearby and Middlesbrough, but you know, there's an awful lot of people that live in that area that, that follow that club. So, so yeah, they're very passionate up there. And you look at the stadium, the stadium's a fantastic facility, really, is a great stadium. Um, and they, yeah, like you said, they're getting 50,000 every week, aren't they? So, it's a it's a a place that's crying out for success in it and a successful team and you know those people will go out and watch the team when they, they're rubbish won't they so if they start playing well and winning I think you get a real buzzing atmosphere up there and that'd be good to see it'd be good to see a, a strong Newcastle United I think it'd really add something to the Premiership so I'd like to see them do well but great facility and I think you know it's exciting times for, for them on, uh, on, on Tyneside Yep. Let's talk about England uh, ladies football team. They uh, won the Euro Championship. They beat Germany 2-1 at Wembley. A historic win, the first major uh, trophy win um, in the women's career. Um, What a fantastic uh, result for them and the country. Yeah, well, we seem to have, you know, since the 1966... World Cup win. We've come close a few times, haven't we? In, in, in sort of the men's of, you know, getting to semi-finals and things like that, and you know, to Germany, we've lost to them. God knows how many times, haven't we? On penalty shootouts and things like that. And then, you know, for, for the ladies at the weekend, it it throws up that conundrum of playing Germany again, doesn't it? Which so often happens in in sport, doesn't it? So to get over the line and actually actually win win something I think you know it's it's good for the nation isn't it you know we've, we've come close with the men didn't we at the uh, at the Euros uh, was it last year and you know it didn't quite happen for us it was heartbreaking but the ladies have gone one better and, and actually won it so I think you know all credit to them it's great to win a trophy and uh, especially on home soil as well they've won it at, on the home home soil Wembley Stadium and you know the, that's the sort of thing dreams are made of aren't they so uh, and plus, it's going to inspire a lot of young people to play the sport as well. You know, young girls and ladies are going to be watching that this this weekend. They've seen them win a trophy. I think it's great for the sport. Yeah, Ella Toole opened the scoring, played for Manchester United. Uh, Germany hit back uh, with an equaliser. And then extra time, Chloe Kelly poked the ball home uh, to send 87,000 uh, in attendance into ecstasy. Paul, what an attendance for, for a cup final as well. 87,000 shows how big the women's game has got. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's, it was a great attendance and, you know, watching the pictures on the telly I think everybody was absolutely buzzing they really enjoyed themselves and that to me is what sport is all about you know people enjoying themselves and you know us as a nation actually winning something I think it's terrific because we've not won a lot of stuff for a long time and you know the the ladies have put an awful lot of hard work into that it's a sport that's been growing uh, for a number of years and and now that it's finally come to fruition they've got a champion team there and and yeah it was, it was great for everybody to be involved in it you know and everyone who was there I'm sure had a great time and you know they've got to got to carry on from that now and I think the next state step stage is going to be the World Cup isn't it so uh, so bring that one on now yeah coach uh, Sandra Wayman uh, has has come in to the England setup and and led this uh, this team to glory what a fantastic opportunity for her. To, to show her credentials on the on the biggest stage of all. Yeah, definitely. There's not many people can say they've won a, you know, England can say they've won, you know, the, the nation a, a trophy. You know, Alf Ramsey was the last one, wasn't he? So with the men in '66, so it's not something that happens very often. So yeah, to get that on your CV, you're uh, going to go down in history, aren't you? So uh, a great achievement. 
Yeah, and I think I loved about it, Paul, was it was it was just joy. There was nobody trying to be sort of Instagrammy, kind of flashy and, and doing all kind of weird stuff. It was just pure uh, joy and emotion and, and, and happiness. And, and that is what sport is. I know sport usually gets took over uh, by sort of media and, and, and marketing and Instagram. And, but these ladies just, just live in the dream in that moment. And, and it was great to see on the, on the TV. Yeah, certainly was. Like I said, that's what sport's all about. People enjoying themselves and, you know, expressing themselves. There's a, there's a there's enough sort of bad news in the world, isn't there, and, and sad things that go on. So I think when you've got a nation of people that can actually, 87,000, you can all be in the same place, enjoying themselves, all for the same reasons. I think it's pretty special. Yeah. Beth Mead, England centre-forward, won the Golden Boot. Six goals, five assists for her shows. She's one of the best in the world. Yeah, certainly. What a great tournament. A great, great tournament there, and uh, you know to, to score that amount of goals, it's it's a massive contribution, you know, and that's that yeah, sent them on the way there for that. So, uh, so yeah, she had a great tournament. Yeah. So, congratulations to the to the England ladies football team, and uh, next up World Cup, and uh, who knows what happens there. So that's all the football chat, and now we'll talk rugby league. Palm will start with Salford Devils in action this weekend against the champions, St. Helens. They were victorious. They won 44 points to 12. Talk us through it. How long have I got? 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> me and you have watched over a long time, haven't we? And mm. um, I think the, the first 25 minutes of the first half of this match, I called it a golden 25 minutes because I've never really seen anything like that before. It was faultless. I think we dropped the ball early doors. Jack Armour had knocked on. But after that, we scored three tries without St. Helens touching the ball. Akawala went over. The kick-off, Kensio did the right thing. He put his foot into touch and, and caught the ball in the full. So we got um, an advantage on the pitch for that. Tim Lafayre, a wonderful pass out the back for, for Joe Burgess. Very similar to the try he set up in Toulouse last weekend. And then on the next set, Lafayre again... Absolutely unplayable. Broke away and Joe Burgess went over, you know, sort of roaring down the pitch there. And as I said, a golden, uh, a golden, you know, stage of the game. And then another try from Callum Watkins and another try from Joe Burgess to, to go in at half time, 26 points to nil against St. Helens. Playing the rugby that they were playing was absolutely breathtaking. These tries weren't just badge over tries from five yards out, they were tries right out of the top draw. If you watch sort of highlights videos from the 60s, 50s, 70s, 80s or whatever, these these are the sort of tries you'd see. You know, flowing moves from one end of the pitch to the other. Beautiful passing. Um, it, you would have paid, you. I would have paid sort of hundreds of pounds to watch that. You know, it was it, if I had the money, it was it was awesome. It really, really was. You were just at the edge of your seat, just applauding it, and you know, everyone I was sat with couldn't believe it. And to go in twenty six points to nil was a great first half. I had people sat around me in the stand, very cautious. You know, been watching Solver a long time and saying it's not over yet, which is quite right. You've got to respect St. Helens' champion side, and I felt feared a bit of a backlash in the second half, but we didn't get that. We got a bit of a storm for the first ten minutes, which he was always going to do, and Solver weathered that because I think. It wasn't just great attacking rugby with steel in defence as well. They were tight, they were solid. You know, they, they, they were they were making, they were forcing St. Helens into mistakes with, with good defence. And then Greg Burke went over 32-0. And, you know, it was 25 minutes of the game to go there before Wellsby scored for, for, for St. Helens. And it's 32-6. So they weren't going to get back into the game. Then. And, and Salford kicked on. You know, Watkins scored again. Brodie Croft scored probably one of the best tries Probably one of the best tries I've ever seen, to be honest, from attack to defence. 
the way they went through there. Tim Lafayre, Croft in support. With Dan Sargent, I think, who started the move off. You've got a chance to see that the highlights of that try. It's absolutely out of this world. Really was. And uh, the only block was uh, was Elijah Taylor being simbin late on, which I thought was a bit harsh from the referee, to be honest with you. But as a performances go, you're not going to see many better than that. Mm. You spoke to Paul Rowley and a couple of players. Do you want to introduce the clips? Yeah, Paul Rowley after the game. I also spoke to uh, to Sam Luckley and, and, and the returning Dan Sides, who's been out injured for what seems like an age. So, uh, so yeah, there's these three. I'm delighted to say Paul Rowley joins me. Um, I didn't see that coming, Paul. Did you? Well, you can't say anyone can say that they saw that coming because they're the champions and they didn't, they've not conceded that amount of points for five years. So if you say you can see that coming, then give me the lottery numbers, you know. So, um, However, we're, we never go into a game thinking we're not going to get a result um, and we prepare to get a result and absolutely confident we can. So, uh, and, and this game was no different. So uh, we were confident coming into the game and, and then momentum rolled in our favour but we hit all our markers statistically wise and, and I think that painted a picture and gave us energy to, to do some damage with the ball and uh, we had some people out there who were pretty uh, special today. You're doing it tough as well. I mean, you went into that game with eight, an 18-man squad. Yeah. What would you be like if you had sort of twenty odd players? You'd be dangerous, wouldn't you? Well, you can't play twenty odd players, can you? So it, it, it makes no odds in the end. You'd, you'd like to think you can rotate, refresh, and, yeah. and play people who aren't injured. Like when you're eighteen months having a jab to warm up, you, you know you're in a bit of strife. But um, yeah, but you know, take, twist that on its head and look at it in a positive manner. Um, it saved me having to make tough decisions on selection. So there's seventeen players available, and I pick them all. Uh, and see what happens. A blistering first half, though. Some of them tried. I mean, again, straight after training ground, some of that stuff. We've said it before, it's not off the cuff, it's just quality rugby league, isn't it? Yeah, they, they, they all know the role. Um, it, it's really difficult, and sometimes you kind of you kind of don't feel like you've got the energy to do it, but I think the best message that we can give our players is when it feels like it's tough, do it, because if it's tough for us, it's tough for them. So, uh, and, and and they're brave enough to pull the trigger when it's right, and they pull the trigger. What was your message to the lads at our time? I mean, it's a big lead, that, but you're playing a champion side. You've got to keep it going. You can't sort of sit on that in the second half, because you're always afraid yep. of that backlash, but you weather that start at the start of the second half and, and sort of tied with St. Helens again, didn't Yeah, you? well, it's still right off the Saints, isn't it? So, yep. um, was, I, was I chilled at half-time? No, absolutely not. We, we, you know, still a, a nervousness however I did feel like I said before statistically that we were hitting all our markers so they weren't tries that were off the cuff we weren't hanging on we were actually dominating so uh, there were no reason why we couldn't continue to do that and, and, and that's what we spoke about a lot just hitting the, the statistical markers because Saints are a very process driven team um, and, and so we knew that they'd have an element of calm in their dressing rooms and the chat would be about process and uh, get rolling the sets, kicking well, tackling hard, very simple things. But um, the fundamentals of rugby league, we did, we did well today, and uh, and, and and that's what got us a result. How tight is this group of players that you've got? I mean, yeah. they're a special bunch, aren't they? Yeah, because it's easy. Yeah, everyone says that the group's tight. Usually when usually when they're uh, they're at the top of the league or they're winning all the games, but um, I'll say our group's been tight from from minute one, and and that's been an adversity as well. There's never been a question in that uh, friendship and them, them bonds and that trust amongst the group. So um, if it's tight when you're losing and tight when you're winning also, you know it's gen- genuine and authentic. And uh, I would say from top to bottom in the club uh, and, and on the terraces, I think we're, we're as a club, we're very authentic and we're very genuine and very hard working. And 
uh, you know, we're, we're in a good place, really. And it's a good time to be a Salford supporter. And it's a good time to be a Salford player, coach, whatever it is. So um, today's just an all-round good day. How excited are you about the rest of the season? You've got a good staff around you, good Agatha Daniel, all your players there. Yeah. No one really talked about Salford, no one really talked about Paul no. in the press. No. You're doing a great job. Uh, yeah, when you, when you say how excited are you for the rest of the season, um, I think my job is to not get overly excited, not get too up, not get too down, and, and, and that's what I do, you know what I mean? So I'll go home tonight and, and start worrying about... Um, no, no, I'm still on a cup of tea tonight, so uh, it's fine with Love Island, isn't it, tonight? So <laughs> I don't know. Nice planned. Um, but yeah, and... and I don't really, I, I don't get excited to be honest with you until until the, I have a moment after the game. But it's about what's next. That's what sport is, and that's why you should always stay humble. Uh, pride comes before a fall. So you you, you start doing backflips out the stadium now, then you know something dodgy is going to hit you around the corner. So that's for the fans. They can do that. They should do that. I want them to do it. I'll, I'd love to, you know, I love seeing them all so happy and, and cheering us on, especially when we're defending our own line. That's become a real. Like notable thing by our players, it's just like it's a given now, and and, and it becomes a fortress. I feel like we've got, um, you know, four thousand defenders uh, defending our line. That's how it feels because it's an army. So, um, yeah, everybody get carried away, but but we won't. We, we we'll just keep quiet. I can tell you, bursting with pride today, no point. Yeah. Leads away next week, which is now a tough game. You know, with, with the, the way the league table is. Any troops back next week? You know, you just mentioned before. I think it's Trevor Hunt, Greg Brooks yeah. going to be out next week. What's yeah. the situation with Shane Wright? Is he here in fitness? Yeah, he's not far off, mate. So I think two. I think he's probably a couple of weeks off. Um, so uh, Shane, maybe Harvey, a couple of weeks off as well. So, but they're all before they should be. So I, I, you get, you know, usually get a, a range, don't you? Four to six weeks, six to eight. Uh, and as, as a typical coach, I always put the six. On my uh, board, I always put the the better, the more optimistic time frame uh, on my board for the turn. So, uh, but but what what I put and what's facts is is quite often different when the physio gets gets uh, gets in my office. So, um, yeah, we we we're, we're not in good shape physically. That we know that, but um, we seem to be digging deep enough, and uh, we'll see what happens. Fair play. Thanks for speaking to us, Paul. Thanks a lot this week, Cheers. mate. Cheers. I'd like to say Dan Sertrin joins me. You've been out for a long time. You come back and you play in a performance like that. What was it like being out there? Yeah, I think um, the way the boys are playing, it, it is quite easy for me to just slip in and um, maybe suit my game a bit. Um, running the ball out of our own end and, and, and trying to create a lot of space. So uh, middles are outstanding today. Uh, they dug in and, and, and you always have to against a, a big Saints pack. So. Um, yeah, I, I thought the boys were class today. You go for a try as well, backing up there. Great support play from yourself. Yeah, I think I'm off the uh, nude run now. So um, obviously only played played one game this year, one one game and a bit against Toulouse. So uh, yeah, it was nice. Budge Budge put me in. I, I didn't actually do too much of it, so I can't really claim it. But um, now, like I said, we scored some amazing tries out of our own half, and um, it's nice nice to be in the team where we're throwing the ball about a bit and finding space. What is that team spirit like there at the moment at Salford? I mean, the, the dressing room, you must be absolutely buzzing. We, we've said before, you're low on numbers, 18-man squad was picked, but you know, the, the team spirit that you're showing, it's been fantastic. Yeah, I think we've got, we've got such an amazing um, group of boys here and um, we all get on. There's no there's no um, groups, everyone's together and um, it kind of shows out there on the pitch. Like, like you said, I think I think we named 17 men today with an 18-man who was, who was broken a bit and um, just doesn't phase us. We, we just go out there and 
Rose's mentality that we just we just try and get the job done. How does your body feel? You know, you've had a long time out. You've come back today, been in a big game. What? You feel okay in yourself? Yeah, yeah. Bit, obviously, I'll be a bit sore. Um, I'm, I'm probably back a bit early from my injury as well, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel the odd little um, the odd little bits here and there, but. Um, nothing you can't expect with this game. You were named in the centres today. Was that a, apply that on the team sheet, or was you always going to play full back? Or? Uh, I, I was. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. I, I, I trained in. Uh, I trained a bit of centre. Trained a bit of full back. Um, but yeah, I, I was unaware where I've named. I didn't really. I don't really look at that sort of stuff. You just went out there and did the business. Just mate. went out there. Yeah, knew. I knew I'd be playing full back at some point, so I've been running there in the week and. Um, yeah, just got out there and done my job. Thanks for all you speak to us, Dan. Good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, right, Sam. Look, Sam Luckley joins me. Sam. How, do you, how does that compare to your performances today to beat St. Helens by that score? I mean, you're relatively sort of up and coming in your career, right? You've not played the game that long. Is that probably the best you've been involved in? Yeah, definitely. I think um, if you just look at St. Helens as a club, the past, the history, and in that current form, I think um, I think Rose was saying like that's the biggest scoreline they've lost by in the last ten years or something like that. So. Um, immensely proud of the boys. Um, what a shift that was! A great thing, great game to play in. Um, it's definitely one I won't forget anytime soon. What was it like at half time? What did Paul Roller say to you? Because like supporters, we're always a bit sort of cautious. You know, 20, 20 mm. points up. You get champions side like Saints, you expect them to come back at you, but you, you seem to keep calm. You weathered that storm at the start of the second half, and then and then started throwing the ball about again. Absolutely. I mean. I mean, you just look at last week's game, Saints and Wakey, they came back to win that, so they're never not out of the fight. Um, but we had a game plan, we stuck to it. Um, we kind of almost hit the reset button at half-time, nil-nil. We stick to the same plan, keep chipping away, do what's, do what's working. Um, we knew they were going to come back firing, and, you know, Helens are all about the process and waiting to, they're waiting for you to break. So it was just a mental toughness battle, and um, we won in the end. Going towards the business end of the season now, that top six is hotting up the race for it. You've got Leeds next week. Do you as a group just love proving people wrong? Because every week you seem to just pull back and we expect, oh, perhaps this week is going to go wrong. But you just keep proving people wrong. I mean, I think it was an 18-man squad that Paul Rowley named. Mm. You're so low on numbers, but look at that performance. Yeah, I think we've got belief in every single player at this club. So you could, you know, name an 18-man squad. We still have the belief that we can go and beat anyone. Um, but we don't get ahead of ourselves. You know, people, the press or whoever can slag us off or undermine mercy or whatever and they're just having fuel to our fire so we'll just be quiet keep doing what we're doing keep chipping away and um, like you said we're getting to that business end of the season where points and wins matter now more than ever so um, I will keep sticking at it and uh, yeah it's going well in it <laughs> enjoy tonight Sam you deserve yeah. it well done today mate and thanks for coming and speaking to us that was uh, Paul Rowley Sam Luckley and Dan Sidson uh, talking to to Paul after the game, Paul, and all three, uh, you know, very happy with the win. Yeah, it was great to see Dan Sargeson back. You know, he's only played, I think, like a game and a half this season, and he came back in, and and I was a bit worried when I saw him in the team lineup, thinking, was he is he ready? You know, is he going to give loads of penalties away because he can be a bit gung ho at times? But he came in, he slotted in, he did everything perfect today. He backed up well, he tackled well, he took every high ball, and um, yes, slotted straight back into the team. So. Where we're we going to play him next week, I'm not too sure because Ryan Bryle will be back next week and Ryan will, will, will probably come back in. But we're low on numbers anyway. Greg Burks got injured today, so he'll be out next week. So Dan Sargent might have to move into the pack next week. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, great to see him back. Uh, Sam, luckily, I thought was was great again today for us. And no, the, the thing with Paul Rowley, I think he was very, very sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He wasn't. He played it down a lot. He wasn't really getting carried away. 
Um, you know, I think he said he's just gonna have a cup of tea tonight and, and chill out. And, and and I think you know he knows there's there's still a lot to go this season. You don't get a trophy for beating Saints, although it was a fantastic display. It's a massive game next week against Leeds. We need to beat them and, and stay up there. But to be doing what they're doing with eight, only 18 fit players, it's it, it takes a lot of credit that you know those players deserve an awful lot of credit. The team spirit and the the way they play in the, the game at the moment. That's how to play rugby league. It really is. Yeah. Joe Berger for two tries, Callum Watkins for two tries, both sort of inspirational in this team at the moment. We know we talk about the injuries, we talk about you know players being suspended and, and how this team's had to deal with that. And uh, these two are just tremendous week in, week out. Joe Burgess is looking like the Joe Burgess that, that Wigan had. Um, and when we, we signed him, we, we wanted to see that Joe Burgess and we're seeing that now. You know, he's been dogged by injuries, hasn't he? And with his time in, in Australia and then coming back here, he's been in and out of the team. But I think now he's seeing the best of him. He looks one of the best wingers in the competition. I think Tim Lafayette and, and Dion Cross are great. Tim Lafayette is, is one of the best centres in the division. I know that. Someone was saying to me at the weekend, Ricky Latelli at Huddersfield is one of the best. But I think Tim Lafayette's up, got to be up there. I, I think he's been absolutely superb. Brodie Croft. I mean, is there a better halfback in Super League than Brodie Croft at the mm. moment? The way he's playing, the pace that he showed for that try. Um, it's just breathtaking, Rob. The, the rugby that they're playing, every time they got the ball, they look like they're going to score. And yeah, we scored 70 points against Wakefield a few weeks ago, but we scored 40 odd against the champions, St. Helens, who it's unheard of, really, the way they took them apart. I mean, I've heard people say this season, oh, St. Helens, they could mix it in the NRL, they, they could hold their own in the NRL. But blimey, Salford have just wiped the floor with them this weekend. So, where did that performance come from? But I think. We sort of knew we had that performance. It was going to the ground at the weekend. You could sense the crowd had a bit of anticipation because we've been playing really exciting stuff. And I think it was the big test. Could we do that against St. Helens? And I think we all thought we could do. But whether we do it or not is a different matter. But they did it. And, and that's the most pleasing thing. So I think one game at a time now. Rest this week. Get the, the lads fit and uh, and go again against Leeds. Yeah. Back in the, the, the top six now, Paul. I know, obviously, with injuries and, and, and players being tired, will Salford, do you think, be planning to hit that six and, and stay in it? To be honest, I think they've just got to go out and, and express themselves every week and do what they can. Mm. I mean, this week we picked an 18-man squad. Um, so you go into the game and the squad's picked itself. There's only one player going to get left out. So it's easy for Paul Roller because he doesn't have to make any decisions, really, because that's the players that he's got. That's what he puts out. So for me... The only real fear is, if you can call it a fear, is will we run out of numbers and run out of steam just because we've not got enough players, which would be a great shame. But then you can't really criticise that. You've got to go with what you've got. And then, obviously, the rugby gods beat you, don't they, because you've not got the, the personnel. But the way the team are playing at the moment, with the resilience and the spirit, the adrenaline that they're playing on, everybody's lifting to a different level. You look at Alex Gerrard at the weekend, he came in as a bit of a make-weight, he's played at Lee, he's been there and the other. At the moment, he's, he's playing fantastic, probably the best rugby league of his career, so he's probably the form forward in Super League. He's playing like a standoff, he's soft hands, getting the ball out, creating tries. I've never seen him play like that before at other clubs. So, Paul Rowley effect that he's having and Kurt Agatey and Danny Orr and the team all playing together, they're all lifting everybody's expectations, the players' expectations and lifting the levels of the players. These players are playing out with the skin every week and that's a dangerous way to be. You know, I said that to Paul Rowley, if you had 26 fit players and you had something to, to choose from, it'd be really dangerous. But at the moment, they are dangerous because 
I think they're playing on emotion and and it's working. Whatever they're saying and whatever they're doing in training, it's working and they're taking it out on the field. How long that can continue, I'm not too sure. I just hope it's till the end of the season. Yeah, 2019, we were the misfits this season. It's all about our minerals, Paul. Do we see yeah. a replay coming in? I, I hope so. Um, but like, like I said, I'm cautious like you are and like a lot of soft sports are because we've been burnt before, we've been let down before. So I don't think we sort of get really dead excited about stuff. We just sort of let it unfold and happen in front of our eyes. And that's what I'll do. I won't, I won't really expect anything. I'll just keep turning up and hoping for the best. And and yeah, we've, we've I think the best thing that's happened to us is, is some of the media, the way they sort of said, wrote us off. I think that's written the, the, the sort of um, team talks for us and I think we're proving people wrong aren't we every week and you know you know, we're going to talk about the ladies shortly and what a golden weekend it was for Salford Rugby League Club you know we, we beat St Helens 44-12 and the ladies go and win a trophy in their inaugural season so mm. it was a very very proud weekend to be a Salford supporter yeah, we'll touch on the ladies in a moment Paul but we'll ta- we'll finish talking about the, the men's team and Paul Rowley's team with a trip to Leeds on Sunday. Obviously, we talk about minerals, we talk about beating the teams around us, we talk about beating teams you're not supposed to beat. No point in beating Saints at home if you let beat against Leeds away. Yeah, well, I bumped into Phil Kinsella after the game at BBC. I think he was doing Merseyside today and he, he sort of said, and it was a funny thing he said, he said, um, it's a bonus today. It's a massive bonus, but the big games against Leeds. And I looked at him and I thought, it's a funny thing to say, but he's right in a way because that game is, is great. It's a win. But when you play in Leeds, it's the four-pointer really, isn't it? Because you win that, it's two points for you, but you've also taken two points off them. So I did get what he meant. Yeah, it's a massive game. Um, and you've got Castleford, who I think are in fifth place. But the way they're playing at the moment, they could wind up dropping out of it. It could be us and Leeds that take fifth and sixth. So uh, the other sides around us seem to be dropping off. Hull have dropped off. Warrington uh, can't buy a win. Hull Kingston Rovers are up and down like a yo-yo, aren't they? I think they've lost. They won at Warrington and then lost to to Wigan. They were well beaten. So um, so yeah, they've got injuries as well. So it, it's it's there for the taking, Rob. At the moment, I think it's a massive game at Leeds. It's on a Sunday. It should be. Should be a carnival atmosphere there. The Leeds supporters will turn out. I think it's like some sort of family day they're having there. They have once a season on a Sunday, normally Friday nights, aren't they? So it should be a great atmosphere there. Our record there isn't the best. So, you know, you could be witnessing a bit of history as winning there and, and staying in the top six. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about our ladies' side. They were victorious in the League Cup. They beat Oral St. James 20 points to eight. Like you said, first season formed and they go and win the League Cup fantastic scenes for Chris Bates ladies yeah away from home as well mm-hmm. against Oral it was in their backyard wasn't it so that that took an awful lot of um, planning and and bottle I think as well to, to go there and do that but we, we knew the ladies had that in them because you know how many games they lost this season it's not many is it one um, and they've performed to a higher level every week they've not been scraping wins and you're saying oh they were lucky today they've been d- doing the business haven't they and, and Chris and the, the coaching team there you know put so much dedication hard work into the training we had Chris on the podcast in the week and he's such an intelligent man you know the way he thinks about the game and, and his dedication to it you know let's not forget he's in full time employment as well it's not his job and, and the way he, he's, he's created that that bond and that team of, of ladies that the I'm going to call them a band of brothers. You can't, can you? Sort of a band of sisters, I suppose. And um, and that that bond they've got there and that that togetherness, I think, is outstanding. An outstanding achievement. 
this season. And to get a trophy, I think is the icing on the cake. Yeah. Tries from Luce McKeown, Alex Simpson, Sadie Rihani and Lauren Ellison. Uh, you know, all, all strike players for Salford Red Devils ladies all getting over the line in the big contest. It shows that they're not just try scorers; they score on the big occasion. And uh, and you know, what a, what an amazing moment for all. Yeah, it's an, it's a moment they remember for the rest of their lives, won't they? A fantastic achievement. And I think if you ask Chris Bates and and, and sat with the team tonight, they're probably having a you know a drink Sunday night and just reflecting on it. I think for them, this is just a start. You know, this is the start now of building something. You don't just want to kick back and go, great, now we've won that trophy, that's it. I think this is the start of things to come now and, and getting Salford ladies to that elite level of, of ladies rugby league. It's, it's a long road, there's still probably a long way to go, but this is a, a great benchmark and a great start for them now. And I think they'll want to kick on now and they've started the legacy. And, and let's just see how far this can go because I, I think the road is a long one, but they're, uh, they're certainly going down it. Yeah, let's talk about Swinton Lions. They were in action against Rochdale. They won 53 points to 22, Paul. Fantastic uh, results for them. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, the two sides met each other um, not that long ago, did they? Haywood Road, and it was a tight game. That, And I think, you know, today, the Sunday, as, as that game was played, it was going to be a close game that the bookmakers didn't really put much between, I think. Rochelle had a two-point start, so they they weren't expecting much. But you know, thirty-six-six up. I think they were at halftime swinging, so they've they've gone there and uh, really gone at Rochdale Horn. It's early doors, and and won the game by halftime really, and right, they scored some points in the second half. But that's a big win, that a big statement win, and with the game that they've got coming up soon, it's um, it's a massive win in, in in sort of the um this, this season now because you know to to get in the playoffs now, there's a marker they, they've really set down, and that's a big thing really for Swinton Lions because obviously you know they, they're looking to bounce straight back up after after the uh, relegation last season and, and big wins like this will help yeah it certainly will well it's just put a bit of daylight between them and uh, Rochdale Hornets it's pretty close I think they've gone sort of four points in front of, um, of Hornets now so you've got Keith Lecougas with top 15 wins out of 15 matches there probably going to be the promoted side then you've got Crusaders Swinton Doncaster Rochdale all sniffing around the playoffs so you would have to say on current form Swinton, you know, I've got a real good chance of finishing second in the, in the table now. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be an exciting season. But you, you want them to, to bounce back now. Business end of the season, I think they're 12 wins from 15. So, they've been pretty good this season. It's only that Keithley is such a standout side that they're probably going to have to settle for a playoff spot. But at the moment, you would say Swinton are probably the farm side amongst those um, other playoff contenders. Yeah. Ben Abraham, two tries, ten goals. Uh, what a player he is for, for Swinton Lions. Obviously, fullback, you know, with making things happen, he's, he's really is a danger uh, for the Lions. Yeah, he's a talisman, and you need that, don't you, when you're uh, you're looking for a promotion push there. You need somebody who's going to bang the goals over, and you're going up in sixes. And yeah, he's doing the business at the moment. His, his goal kicking has been fantastic this season for them. So, so yeah, they've, they've, they've got some good backs there. They've got a good back line, and like I said, they, they've they've got every chance now. I think of going for that. Keith Lecouz, I think they play next week, and that's going to be tough. But you know, are Keith going to have one eye on it now? They've 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 been more or less there for promotion, so perhaps they might rest a few players, take their eye off the ball a little bit. But Swinton's got that's a big win away from home against Rochdale. It really is uh, to score fifty points. I think um, it's no mean feat that at all. So uh, they'll be confident they can score points. There's no doubt about that. They play a good attacking brand of rugby, and um, and yeah. I, I, I fancy him now. I fancy him to, to take that playoff. 
Yeah, like you said, they've got Keithley at home next week. Keithley top of the table, playing some good rugby. It'd be a real challenge uh, for, for, for Swinton Lions to see if they can knock them off. Yeah, it certainly will. You know, they've been the, the form team, haven't they, Swinton? You look at, uh, sorry, Keithley, you look at the, the, some of the players. They've got Moagoro there, the, the winger for them who scores. I don't know how many tries he scored this season, but he scores at least two or three every week. So <laughs> he's been absolutely outstanding for them. You know, Junior Sal's there as well. Uh, they've got Jake Webster on the side they've got an awful lot of Super League experience in that Keithley side they really have built a good team there um, and, and they they took some stopping they're also building it back up at Cougar Park they're getting over 1,500 supporters every week so they've got a real buzz going there so so that's going to be a tough game for them there's no doubt about that but Swinton are a good side aren't they uh, you know, home at Haywood Road there should be a big crowd down for that one I would expect Keithley to travel in numbers but that's a big big test for Swinton if they can, they can knock that one off there that's that's going to be a real big big uh, big win for them. So uh, so yeah, that should be a great game at Haywood Road. Yeah, thirty seconds to go, Paul. The World Cup is coming up. The PDRL uh, World Cup uh, draw was made on Sunday. Uh, Wales, England, um, Australia, and New Zealand are all in a group together. Uh, we're all excited about watching that uh, with sole representation. Ben Lewis, Morgan Jones, and Tima Hughes involved as well. With ten seconds, it's uh, going to be a great contest. It certainly is, and good luck to everybody who are taking part in it. Go and yeah. smash it. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting, and we're going to be covering it on the Sports Zone on Salford State Radio. Big thanks for tuning in to this Sports Zone, and we'll see you next week for more Salford Sporting Chat. Mm-hmm.